Welcome along to the Final Furlong Podcast. I'm Emmett Kennedy. It is great to have your company as we do our annual Fairy House special, looking ahead to the Fairy House Winter Festival this weekend. And I'm delighted to say that we are joined by one of the most talented horsemen in the country, but also a man who is constantly surrounded by some of the best equine talent in the world. Uncle Sutton, Patrick Mullins, welcome back to the show. Thanks so much, Emmett. I'm old enough to remember a time when your dad wasn't champion trainer. He used to trail in behind Noel Mead, and I think that was a very frustrating time for him. And then something changed, and I'm wondering, was it Patrick Mullins' involvement in the yard? You're the real genius of Cool Sutton, and Willie's just coasting behind your coattails. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe. I think it might might have more to do with Rich Ritchie coming into the yard. That was all around the same time, 2007, 2008, but... Look, uh, myself and Richard take some of the credit, maybe, yeah. Yeah, just a, just a smidgen. We're on to you, Willie. Big team for Berry House at the weekend. It's obviously an important meeting for yourselves. You wouldn't really be fully wound up, though, at this time of year. We're seeing some of the big stable stars come back, of course. But just going back through the winners from the last couple of years, you do have winners at this meeting, but it's very clear that from Christmas onwards, that's when Kilsutton really rolls. Yeah, um, you know, I think uh, we probably were not top-loaded for the Drimmore, usually. Um, we would normally be better represented in the Royal Bond, but um, um, and obviously that happens great. But like to aim one of our big our big stars at that. Um, but yeah, we probably are. You know, like everything everyone knows, we're a couple of weeks behind a lot of the other kind of bigger stables. So this meeting is often. Um, Often very hard to beat Gordon here. That's been a, a theme in the Hatton's Grace, but you might have something to say about that this year because Impere Pass stays over hurdles and is going to make your seasonal comeback in the Royal Bond. It's a race you've won a number of times. Arctic Fire last won it for you in 2015. Crucial question with Impere Pass. How has he done since the summer? Yeah, look, we're very delighted with him. Um, he's up in the Curragh this morning. He worked very well. Paul is happy with him. Uh, Willie and Simon and Isaac decided during the summer that they were going to take a crack at the champion hurdle route, which, you know, a big call because I know Constitution Hill is there, but Stateman is a fair, a fair beast as well. So it's not like there's um, not like there's any easy options along the way. Um, but this looks a good place to start him. Obviously, he won the, the Neptune over 2.5 in Shetland. This is two and a half. Um, so, yeah, look, it looks looks an ideal starting point. And like you said, it's been a long time since you won it. Arctic Fire, like that is a long time ago. Um, you know, I remember my most vivid memory of the Hatton's Grace is watching Hurricane Fly and Solwit um, going at it Yeah, uh, when I was in college in Minute. Um, so it's a race, a race, definitely a race you want to try and win. And um, look, to be, to be frank, we'd be very disappointed if, if our fella didn't, didn't do the business. Well, he looked so special last year, particularly in the Ballymore, but really all through last season. He was dominant in the Moscow Flyer, dominant at the Punchestown Festival as well. There's a quote from Ruby Walsh in one of the previews, one of the podcast previews, where he was saying that when he saw Constitution Hill in the entry hurdle, that was the first day he went, oh, you're mortal, you can be beaten. Did that have any influence in the decision to stick over hurdles with Imperi Pass this season? Um, look, not that race in particular, but yeah, I rode charge in that race and we finished second. Um, and that's obviously the closest anyone's got to him, I think. Um, but, you know, every horse has an off, an off day, particularly a horse at the end of the season can be like that. Um, but no, I mean, look, I think, I think we were just... He has huge ability, and a lot of Neptune winners can become um, champion hurdle horses. He does have the size and scope to jump fences, but I think you know Willie likes having champion hurdle options. Um, and look, if something happens to the Constitution Hill, um, obviously the race is wide open. But um, we're quite heavily stacked with the novice chase department as well. So you know um, Simon and Isaac were keen to have a crack at the champion hurdle, and Willie wasn't going to dissuade them. He's also massively ahead of a number of his stable companions in terms of his age and already career success. He's a Cheltenham Festival winner at the age of five, whereas 
Fasal Vega has been to Cheltenham twice. He is a Cheltenham Festival winner, but he'll be seven by the time the article comes around. So you basically have a free roll to go for the champion hurdle this season to a certain extent, given his age profile. Yeah, exactly. Um, he's a young horse and you have a bit of time on your side. But um, look, I think in a normal, in, a, in, a, in most years, he's definitely a champion hurdle. Uh, you know, a horse you wouldn't think twice about going for a champion hurdle. Um, so he's going to get his crack at it and we can always go chasing after us. You know, when you look at Boeing, Classical Dream, Sharjah, um, plenty of horses uh, are able to go chasing after a couple of years hurling, you know. Well, seeing as Nicky, uh, according to some, has ruined racing by not going novice chasing with Constitution Hill, which I think is a crazy take, by the way. At least you're making things interesting with Stateman and Imperi Pass. Uh, you must have been thrilled with Stateman the other day too. Yeah, look, he did what it was expected. Um, it was it, The race cut up and uh, he was entitled to beat Echoes and Rain like he did, but it's always good to see them do it. You know, obviously Gallopin got beaten the next day, so it's never as straightforward as it appears. Um, but he he looks as good as he was last year. Yeah, very much so. Um, could these two clash, assuming this race goes well and he wins? Could they clash at Chelton at Christmas time in the in the Matheson, or would you keep them apart? And there's plenty of nice two mile four hurdles throughout the season in Ireland, and they're worth a lot of money. Yeah, I'm not sure. You know, look, uh, Willie is not afraid to run them against one another, but, you know, two like that, maybe not. You know, maybe he'll split them one at Christmas, one at DRF. But, you know, maybe they will meet. Um, we'll have to see how we get on at the weekend. Um, but it's not impossible that they could meet. Um, they'll definitely be meeting come Cheltenham. And uh, there's, there's not, you know, like, there is two and a half mile races, but they're not worth the same money as the, 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 the Christmas hurdle and the Irish champion hurdle in Leprosound. So, uh, it's not not beyond the realms of possibility, and they're not they're not great ones either. Um, you did mention the Christmas hurdle. Is there any chance that this horse could actually end up being more of a stairs hurdle candidate as opposed to a champion hurdle horse? Um, look, it's not it's not the route we're looking at, at the moment. Um, that's what that'll be very much a plan B or C. So uh, you know we think he's we think he's plenty quick, plenty quick for a champion hurdle, and um, you know it's, that, that's why he, that's why he stayed hurdling for champion hurdle rather than the stairs hurdle, but. We'll have to see how the season pans out. Yeah, I was thinking it would definitely be plan Z as opposed to plan B for the stairs hurdle with Imperi Pass, but uh, very excited to see him back. Very interested to see Ashroy Diamond back as well. Presumably you'd be in line to ride her. Um, is the plan to run her in the race? Yep. Um, the Morgana probably just came a little bit soon. Um, and look, on rating, she's she's a good bit out. Um, but uh, I, I, personally, I, I think her, her runs in the in the Royal Bond and then that Christmas um, were the best performance by a mayor last year. I think better than Lozzie Mout or Honeysuckle. Um, you know, chasing home the Royal Bond, there was Cham Kiley, uh, Marie National and um, Irish Point. She was bang with them. And then behind Fasal Vega and Ilete Toms uh, at Christmas, I think they're two serious runs. Um, she didn't get the run at Cheltenham and then she bolted up in a below average race in Fairy House as, as it turned out um, I think she's got huge ability I think she's much better than her mark um, I don't think she'll beat in Paris Passe but she could pick up valuable grade one black type good prize money and I think she has to be you know I think she has to have a huge chance in the Mayor's Hurdle hopefully come March so I'd love to ride her I wrote one on her an entry um, that was a great day for the Bluebird Racing Club um, run by James Fenton and yeah I just I'm, I'd be very excited to get back on her if I can yeah, I'm a little bit surprised she's the price she is for the Mayor's Hurdle. I, I really like Lossie Mouth. Obviously, she started off in, in this meeting last year. Ashrod Diamond's just more physically developed. She's got very good form to her name. And she'll stay as well. There's no question about that. I'm, I'm surprised she's the price she is for the Mayor's. 
Yeah, it's just it's hard for four year olds stepping up against older. So, you know, Lossy Mount has huge ability, as was Galamar so, but it is difficult for for four year olds stepping up. Yeah, very much so. Um lighter team than normal for the Royal Bond. You've got Bialystok and uh Huranzo Derry. I almost had to do phonetical spelling of that one just to make sure I got it absolutely spot on, given that my French pronunciations can be notoriously bad. Um what's the latest with both? Yeah, look, both of them are probably are probably just below just below um below this level, but uh, you know, we might let them take their chance and and maybe pick up some prize money. But you know, this race can show up funny results sometimes with a, a horse that's been running through the summer, hard fit. Um, you know, the likes of early beach, statuaire won it. Um so you know, sometimes a horse that's hard fit and has experience can have a good advantage in this race. if not necessarily the best horse that wins it um coming the early in the season. Uh, but look, I'd be very surprised if either them won. Um, for me, Slade Steele is a horse I think think has caught my eye a few times. He's probably probably the one to beat. And obviously, Enchanted Bruno um, was very good with John McConnell and looks still very good with Gavin Crom- with John Gavin Cromwell. So you know, it'll be it'll be a tough race, but I've seen better editions of it. Yeah, I, I was thinking that as well. But funny you mentioned Hurricane Flyer earlier on. That was what was floating through my mind as I was driving home um, thinking about this interview. And um, and then when I went back to the interest, like, wait, where's all the where's all these Willie Mullins two mile superstars that we're looking forward to? Because you've got a lot of very exciting young horses to come through. Hopefully, they're all going to progress nicely. But this clearly was not a race. It's all going to come too soon. Some of those horses that we're thinking of, Mizor West, for example, like we haven't even really properly seen them yet. That's it. I think for a lot of our horses, it just comes a little bit soon after their maiden hurdle win, or a lot of them haven't even run in the maiden hurdle yet. So. Um, it's just passing us by a little bit, um, and um, but yeah, I mean, look, last year, uh, last year, I think the first four home were Grade One winners. In, in, last year was one of the best um, editions of it ever. So it's just different, different years. You get different, different quality fields. But maybe by the end of the season, we might be reviewing that. Yeah, that Marine National and Irish Points, they they did all right afterwards. It turned out, um, and certainly so did Champ Kylie and Ashro Diamond for that matter as well. Uh, the Drinmore, you last won this with Val Solido in 2014. Although Gerard de Manil ran a, a blinder in it last year, uh, you've got the lovable Sharjah. Uh, there's a couple of older novice chasers at the Mullins Camp this season, but he's got off to a fantastic start and uh, an unusual one. And I am Maximus. I think this might be the last opportunity he has to run in a novice chase. Will he take it, Patrick? Yeah, I think the plan plan is to run at the moment. Uh, obviously, he won around Fairy House um, over a much further trip, and I think under an extraordinary ride. Um, but look, he'd been fourth in the RSA last year. Uh, it's probably going to, a bit like Guy Darmanil, probably on the short side for him. But you could see him running into a place. Um, he's he's not a simple ride now um, by any means. But uh, you know, I think Sharjah, look, Sharjah over hurdles. Sharjah is by far the best of these. I know he's ten. Um, but he seems to be reinvigorated by chasing. He really enjoys it ever since we screwed him and started the summer. He's, he's really, you can tell it turns him on. So two and a half miles, look, he was second in the Constitution Hill over two and a half miles Christmas or last April. Uh, look, soft ground is obviously a little concerned, but I find the ground at this meeting, it's fresh ground, um, a couple of dry days, it could be nice. I, I, think, he, I think he has to have a huge chance. Yeah, I think so too. And there's a number of people have been scoffing at the idea of people suggesting backing him for Cheltenham. And by the way, I'm not saying that we should all be piling into this fellow for the Turners or, or the Oracle for that matter. But you've gone chasing for a reason. He's not quite fast enough to win those two-mile grade one hurdles anymore, but he's still very, very good. As you said, it's only a few months ago that he was second to Constitution Hill. 
in an entry hurdle. And he's clearly taken to the chasing game really well. So he, he's the one who sets the standard. Uh, I'm very interested in, let's be clear about it, George Gorman has been raving about that horse and absolutely loved what he did at Cork the other day. And I'm a huge fan of Founder 50, but Sharjah is the one who sets the standard for them. He does, definitely. Look, and even last year, you know, he was he was getting beaten by Vauban of State Man. You know, he wasn't exactly falling out the back of the screen, but um, he is 10. That, that you know, that that is unusual, but Fahim was able to do it. Um, look, if American Mike looked as, you know, he looked like he was back to his bumper form, um, you know, that, that would be, he, for me, he'd be the clear second choice. Coming back two weeks after his first run, that's quick, the quick turnaround. Um, but if he if he sorted out whatever problems he had last year, he's the one I'd be most afraid of. That was a bizarre race because it's very rare that you have the champion bumper second and the previous year's champion bumper second both meeting in a novice chase. But how's Factophile since that race? He's fine. He's good. Um, you know, I think he probably just uh, probably just got beaten on the day. Um, I, I always I, I hate taking on Gordon and Navin. It's very much a home game for him. I don't know what the stats are, but it's uh, it's very hard to beat Gordon and Navin. So I would like to think that come the end of the season, our fella can reverse the form. Game on, Gordon. Game on. Uh, the Bar One Racing price boost across all channels, Juvenile Hurdle Grade 3. So this is the race that you had the 1-2 in last year. And they were two horses that were very much worth following. Lassie Mouth goes on to crush everything bar that one day in the DRF. And Zarak the Brave goes and wins the Galway Hurdle. Now we know why Paul Tannen was on board Zarak the Brave that day. Uh, Batman Chirac is the representative this year, wears the uh, same Zarak the Brave colours for Isaac Swade and Simon Munir. Uh, and there's been a fair bit of buzz about this fella. Yeah, we like him. Uh, he worked well in the Curra today. Um, he's, you know, he's a, a strong, uh, not overly big, but a strong type. He's not your, you know, not your uh, little slip of a juvenile. Um, he's a horse that should go on. Uh, you know, Simon and Isaac uh, like this type of French juvenile. Anthony Bromley's very good at buying them. Um, look, it's very hard to start them off in a grade three first time out in Ireland. Um, but... We'd be expecting a big run, like yeah. We wouldn't. Uh, we'd be disappointed now if we weren't weren't involved. Definitely. Speaking of Navin being a home game, what did you make of Calaconti's debut? Actually, look, it was very hard to judge anything on it. Really, wasn't it? Uh, it was. Um, it was what you'd like to see, but I mean, it, it was very hard to uh, make any solid judgments out of it. Really. Yeah, it's visual impression. She's alive. And she's capable of winning races, but what did she actually achieve that day? Don't know. I, I like her, though, and there's a bit of buzz about her as well. So that's going to be an intriguing one. Just very briefly, the horse that I've really heard whispers about, and this is the kind of, you're at the race course, some old fella grabs you by the elbow and whispers in your ear, Willie's in the bumper. It's that kind of whisper. But uh, Tony Bloom horse called Bunting. What can you tell me about him or her? Bunting, uh, yeah, is alive and well. Um, is a little bit off a run. Um, more of a juvenile type would be a smaller, slighter, um, horse wouldn't be as big say as Batman Jirak. Um we haven't looked hugely under the bonnet yet so I imagine it's the profile more so than the homework that's uh, doing the whispers at the moment but um, definitely I definitely uh, couldn't say anything negative about, about the horse yet Okay so for those who are doing the anti-post punting of making her second favourite for the Triumph Hurdle before she's even seen a track for Willie then the, the dream is alive. The hope is alive. A um, couple of bumpers to talk to you about. Cantico, uh, Diamond Bay, wears the Gallop on the Champ colours. Yeah, got him off the Slatteries. Um, real big, old-fashioned, heavy-framed horse. Um, very much, you know, a stayer, I would think. Um, you know, possibly we might keep him for Christmas. Um, but 
he's entered, he's working well, and we'll see later in the week. But he's definitely a horse. Uh, I think he's near the top of our, our bumper list this year, anyway. Very interesting. Loud Horse was already in the tracker. Don't ask me how it's there, but anyway. <laughs> Sounds victorious. Is that the one that could be more likely to line up in this race then, the Champs-Élysées? Yeah, Sounds Victorious is a Champs-Élysées we, we got from the Fogarty's in Wexford. Um, he goes well. I worked him in the car this morning. Um, he's entered, and I just think he might, you know, if he runs the weekend, I think he could probably come on from it. Um, he didn't run the point to point, so he wouldn't be as streetwise as, as Cantico. Um but he definitely has ability and we're not hugely stocked on bumper horses this year. So we're not bursting to run them. Um, whereas other years you'd be, you'd be, there'd be a backlog. So, you know, we're not afraid to wait for Christmas or, or, or even afterwards, uh, with a few of these, but he should be winning his bumper this year. No problem. And when you say you're not hugely stocked on bumper horses, is that just a, a change in buying policy or at the sales, just nothing really stood out in the way that it would have in previous years? No, I just find that's just the way it is some years. I, I remember, the same a couple of years ago, uh, we had a similar amount and we ended up having Fernie Hollow and appreciate it. Um, one, two in the bumper. And uh, it just it ebbs and flows on on how the horses that owners want uh, or horses that Willie likes or doesn't like in a year. So um, uh, you find different years you have more French or more or more uh, bumper horses or flat horse, or whatever it is. Gust of wind. Ran well in the Triumph Hurdle last year. It was only 10 lengths off Lassie Mouth, to be fair, and that was only her second start for the yard. Um, is she, or he even, is he going to make his comeback in the uh, Willow Warm Hurdle, the Grade 3? Yeah, uh, he was a horse that just disappointed us a little bit. Um, you know, I think he's probably capable of more. Um, he didn't have the most straightforward season. Uh, you know, he got asked a lot of big questions. Um so we'll see. He's entered here. I think Willie is going to be, you know, I think on a lot of the forwards this year, he's going to ask them less rather than more. So we'll see where he runs from at the weekend. But he's definitely a horse that we think is better than what he achieved last year. I remember thinking around about this time last year, Risk Bell is going to be one for the Fred Winter. I was kind of right. At least she ran and she did place. But she might have her come back here as well. And she is a winner at Ferry House. Yeah, uh, tiny, tiny little mare, but tough as tough as nails. Uh, as you saw, she she actually got promoted when she won the big handicap hurdle in uh, Fairy House. She had a huge big horse of, of Sean Doyle's uh, leaning in on top of her, and she stood her ground well. Um, so yeah, she's in there as well. But um, again, like I said, I don't know whether you know whether um, would able let them run this weekend. But she's you know she could be a little outside. Um, a little outside play in the in the mare's hurdle, but looking at her, you would say she she was very much a, a real juvenile, you know. Okay, couple of other horses to ask you about. Uh, in at the park, in as in hotel, in uh, a walk in the park owned by Malcolm Denmark. Yeah, um, five year old uh, worked well this morning. Again, he hasn't had that kind of point of point experience. Um, obviously, we won this bumper for Malcolm with the nice guy a couple of years ago, and. I remember thinking that I'd ridden a good race and kind of stolen it. And then he, we went into, uh, we sent him to Leprechaun at Christmas and he won there. And I remember thinking I'd ridden a good race and kind of stolen it. And um, sure, he ended up winning himself. I'm sure he probably should have won twice as far on him. Actually, <laughs> he was just a very good, a very good horse. So, uh, um, but yeah, um, this fella, um, this fella again, you know, he hasn't had that point of point experience. And, um, you know, if he did run this weekend, I'd expect him to improve from it. But, uh, he goes, he goes nicely. And again, should be well up winning a bumper. And you've got Petit Secret in that race as well. Petit Secret, yeah. He fell in his point of point. Big, strong horse. Um, I like him. Um, does everything well. 
but again, this this week is a funny weekend. I, I like that I was saying that this year, a couple of years ago, I rode Appreciate and Fernie Hollow on these two bumpers and got the two of them beat. Uh, this these bumpers, they just happen early enough for our bumper horses. Um, so it's not. Uh, Put it this way, if they got beaten this weekend, it doesn't mean they're not shuttling horses. I remember talking to you this time last year. It might even have been this day last year uh, about a horse called Nick Rocket. And you were really looking forward to riding him in that bumper. And again, just came up a little bit short in the day. But boy, did he make up for it later in the season. Bumper winner, hurdle winner, grade two hurdle winner at the Easter Festival. And he's set to go novice chasing. I think he's a very nice prospect. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I just, you know, I, I find, if, you know, I find Gordons are probably a bit sharper at this time of year for this and for this meeting. Um, but Nick Rocket, yeah, not an overly big horse, but came from Pat Doyle's point of pointer. He goes chasing. And um, yeah, as you say, he just might be one who slipped under the radar a bit. Yeah, there's not really a whole lot of talk about this fella. Um, look, there are flashier owned, bigger, high profile owned horses in the yard, but... He's a walk in the park who was a, like, that was a devastating performance at Easter. It's a 15 length win in a grade two. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, I think a lot of people uh, miss that. What kind of trip do you think is going to be in his wheelhouse? Um, hard to say. He's not slow. He's not slow, but he settles very well. He's obviously a point of point winner. I think he could be quite versatile. Um, you know, I don't think he'd be an article horse. So I think he'd be looking at two and a half plus. So, so we'll see. We'll see how the season pans out. But, I definitely think three miles as well within his compass. Yeah, I was wondering that. He's entered over three miles and, and two mile four over the weekend, but I wouldn't be at all concerned about him going for a three mile novice chase. Um, and, and he might very well end up being a brown advisory horse. Uh, Manella Kukuner is back this weekend as well. The last time we saw him was November last year in Goran Park when he ended up being beaten by a stable companion classic getaway. I thought he ran really well. Um, and, and hopefully back this weekend. How has he done over the summer, and how has he recovered since that injury? He's good. He's come back. Uh, Eamon Phelan was looking after him and um, did a great job with him. He's, you know, he ran a huge race the year. He was second the other battle behind the nice guy. He was way too keen and kind of hung and jumped. He was just, the, the occasion got to him very much so. Um, now, the nice guy confirmed the placings and punched them, but I think Cheltenham might just have left the mark on America Cooner and He's a horse of huge ability. Um, obviously, it was a surprise the classic getaway beat him last year in Gorham. But classic getaway, I think he's the joint most expensive horse ever bought or something. So um, probably no real shame in that. Uh, yeah, look, he's cool very well. Um, he's working very well. So um, it'd be great to get him back on the track. It's always you know a little question mark coming back from a long layoff. But I think he's fairly ready. And our, our beginner chases have been. Uh, you know, hitting the bullseye lately. Yeah, very much so. Uh, I asked you this question years ago, and famously it backfired spectacularly and blew up in my face. You gave me the honest answer, but you said, like, bleep this out or don't put it in the show. So I did, but couldn't help myself. I had to actually play it for people and then lord it over them that I knew who your four-miler horse was going to be and no one else did. (laughs) And he ends up going for... The Turners instead and wins it. Uh, good old Black Hercules. Who would be the Black Hercules, Black Hercules for you yeah. this season? But hopefully, it actually goes for the race, Gerard, the Manil style. Because there's a lot of very exciting novice chasers in the yard. But of all of them, who would you be thinking is the most ideally suited to that race? Maybe that's the best way of asking you. Uh, yeah, there's no, for me, there's no, there's nothing that I've kind of said, I'll, there's a few I'd like to get, but there's nothing I've said, right, that's, I, that's, I have a great chance of getting that. Uh, I mean, I think back to file would be a great a great ride and he settles, he jumps. Um, but I imagine they might want to go to Brown Advisory. Um 
but yeah, to be honest, at the moment, there's nothing that's standing out. You know, maybe Nick Rocket. Um, I, I, I think classical, I think classical dream would be great, but I imagine he might be brown advisory horse as well. Um, four miles might be interesting on Gaelic Warrior, um, <laughs> but so yeah, it's, it's a bit open. It's a bit open at the moment. Um, there's nothing, nothing I've been able to uh, pin down. <laughs> Would you relish that prospect over three and a half miles at Cheltenham of just trying to keep him jumping correctly and not diving out to the right? Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind it. I'd, I'd take the challenge. Yeah, we, I got a great spin-off last year in Cheltenham and um, uh, we were second in Paris Passe. So, but uh, I funny feeling now Paul might not give him up this year, yeah. Yeah, I have a sneaky suspicion. I'm sure Rich would be more than happy for you to just go for the amateur riders, but I have a funny feeling Paul will be laying down the law there. I'm like, no, no, um, he he will be a yeah, big player yeah, going forward. Yeah, yeah. Um, is Manella Kakuna a horse that could potentially be a, an amateur rider's national on chase type? Yeah, yeah, I hadn't yeah, I hadn't even thought that. Yeah, definitely. He obviously stated very well. So yeah, he definitely could be one. Okay, um, must, must mention that. Well done, Emma. Yeah, there you go. There's there's one for Willie. Um, and and if it doesn't go well, you can blame me. Uh, just on Gaelic Warrior, uh, yeah. it was obviously a stunning chasing debut. Uh, what he's achieved, I, I guess. Look, there's a few people trying to just bring everyone down to earth and crab it, but it's it's hard not to be excited about a horse who's bolting up by 15 lengths from another way you're thinking, who's not a bad horse at all. What do you make of his prospects for the rest of the season, and how has he come out of that race? Yeah, look, I mean, last year he was at 86 lengths in Shamor or something. He did something quite similar. Um, I think he relaxes the more racing he gets. The further into a season, the more relaxed he gets. Like obviously, he was very settled in uh, Punchdown and. He was actually very good at me in um, Cheltenham because the first one down the back, we winged it and Sham Kylie jumped mad right and kind of took Imperia Pass with him. And we ended up kind of upsides in front and he let me bring him back. So um, I do think with more racing, he'll get more uh, relaxed and, and tractable. Um, but he has huge ability. But, you know, he's been in Cheltenham twice, he's been second twice. He's ran very, very well, but it doesn't really play to his strengths. He does go a little bit right. Um, and you know, I think right-handed is where you see him at his very, very best. Uh, he, he's he just has huge ability, but he's um, he's not simple. No, but there's such a focus on Cheltenham that I'm sure you're not going to be skipping it, and that means we have to try and debate then. Well, is he going to be okay there, or is he a horse to take on because of that tendency to jump right-handed? Uh, Ross Millar was saying to me the other day that is it possible that actually going left-handed round Cheltenham that that might focus his mind that little bit more. And, and that maybe jumping out to the right won't be quite as bad in elite level grade one contests. Um, well, look, he didn't jump. He only jumped right at the last, um, at the last in in Cheltenham last year. Mm. Um, so he was, you know, he was good all the way. Um, just maybe when he was under pressure, coming getting retired. So look, he he's not, he, you know, he's not like Florian Porter. It's not that he's unrideable that direction. It's just that you know, just, you you might lose a half length here or there. Um, that that makes. That makes a difference over 14 or 15 fences. You know, if you're going two and a half miles or three miles even. Yeah, it's like the Al Pacino quote from any given Sunday. The inches we need are all around us. and You need every inch. You can't give it up. You've got a lot of exciting talent for the two-mile division, obviously headed by Fasal Vega, but there's been a big amount of talk about Mr. Policeman. You were writing about him in your Racing Post column uh, for the big jump off at the start of the season. I think underwhelming chasing debut would be reasonable to say. Um, I think he's entitled to improve a lot. Um, I think he will improve a lot. And, you know, he jumped reasonably well, which I was, we were happy with. But he will, you know, it definitely wasn't um, it wasn't as good as 
you would have hoped. Um, so he, he, he room for improvement is, is definitely on the scorecard. But he's clearly showing you an awful lot at home that he's just not quite showing on the track yet because Willie was saying he was a little bit underwhelmed by the Cork performance and that was a, a hurdle race. So clearly he's showing something uh, at home that he's just not quite displaying on the track yet. Yeah, look, I mean, the, the hype has overtaken the horse. Uh, he does work well at home. Um, but, you know, he worked well when he was an unraced horse with a, whatever he had, a, you know, with his kind of form from France. Uh, that's a lot different than going into a grade one against, say, Fasai Vega or any of those. Um, so his work is better than his runs. But, you know, I, I, I think the hype has overtaken the horse. But that's, you know, hopefully he'll live up to it. Last race to ask you about is the John Dorkin Memorial Chase. Won last year by Gallop on Deschamps, and this year, he's not beaten far. He's only beaten the length in three quarters. Uh, I've done a big deep dive into the effect the Gold Cup can have on horses. But what I would say about all of that research is it's a talking point, and it's a conversation to look at, and it's just something to think about. It doesn't necessarily... Nothing I'm saying in that research means a oh, brave man's game's gone, and Gallop on Deschamps can't win another Gold Cup. Of course they can, and they're the two horses who set the standard. How is he since the race? He's come out of the race fine. Um, look, his jumping obviously let him down. I think from the very first jump and the second jump, um, he didn't seem to just travel with the same or jump with the same fluency he can. Um, and even at the third last, he's been slow, which has let Lou Lord move up his inside, which has put him three wide for the home bend. Um, so for me, he didn't perform in the day, but he still ran very well. Um, and he didn't get a hard race, crucially. Not like... The Bedford Chase in yeah. Haydock, where Royal Pagai is going on from six furlongs out. Like, we basically hacked around to the home bend and sprinted up the straight. So, to me, there was no damage done from him getting a hard race on an off day. He had an off day, but he didn't get a hard race. That's definitely a blessing in disguise and probably one of the reasons Irish horses do better come March. I wouldn't quite be buying into the... Uh, I wouldn't be quite buying into the Gold Cup, even a Mark thing. You know, I mean, maybe if he was wearing a tongue tie, you know, I think I think Braben's game wears a tongue tie. You know, horse wind problems, maybe. That's, but our fella doesn't. Um, Brave Man's game forward. has had two wind ups already, so that's not necessarily a good sign for him. Yeah, so that to me is a horse that could get a mark left in him, and now he's had two two quick races, two hard races. Uh, I'd like to think that. Our fella just underperformed the day, and and maybe faster slow is a better horse. You know, <laughs> he beat him. He beat him and punched on as well. So there's that possibility too. Um, yeah, it was disappointing, but I don't think it was a disaster. I would agree with that. The comment from Willie afterwards was, "We're going to stick to the plan, but we might be fluid." And Willie's always fluid, to be fair to him, and he's always very open about that as well. But that stick to the plan that worked last year, back to the DRF for the Irish Gold Cup back with a Gold Cup, and then you go to Punchestown. Is there any deviation in that plan? Not at the moment. Um, not, not not at the moment, but I mean, you know, Willie's a creature of habit. Normally, you know, Album Photo did what he did to win, uh, after he won the Gold Cup, and I imagine that's what Gavin Shams will do, but, you know, you have to play the cards as they fall, so we'll see. Yeah, he'll probably rematch with Faster Slow in the Irish Gold Cup, which will just make things that little bit more intriguing. We know Jerry Clom's not going to go there. He's going to go for, well, we think now he's headed to the King George. And on that, now that Brave Man's game has proven to be mortal, he bleeds. With Jerry Clom headed there, is there any chance that Alaho, because that was the plan last season, run Clomwell Chase, then head to the King George, any possibility that he could go to Kempton this season? Um, 
yeah, look, it's a, it's a possibility. He, he's in the race. Um, he's in the race, so we'll see. But uh, again, like I said, Willie's a creature of habit. And, you know, uh, do, he's obviously a bit of an older horse now, coming back off an injury. Um, so we'll see. Uh, he is, look, he won the punch in the World Cup, so he does go right-handed. He's better left-handed. Votor threw it away, jumping oh. a bit left. Oh, no. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. I still have nightmares about that. He had that race won all the way until Cucart somehow gets him on the line. My God, that was sickening. How is Alaho, by the way, since Clamell? Alaho's good. Came out of the race fine. So uh, we're giving him plenty of time to get over it. Uh, but touch wood, he looks like he's back. Okay, that's great. He's a very exciting one. And obviously, Ryanair will be his for the taking, I suspect, for all that I really like uh, Envoyelen an awful lot and have a lot of respect for Stage Star. But Alaho. He's the goat. Of all the horses that you're going to be involved with this weekend, who are you most looking forward to riding? I'm going to ask you that question because Imperia Pass is the blindingly obvious one. So who are you most looking forward to riding? Uh, definitely Asher, Asher Diamond. Like I think um, I just I think she's huge ability. Um, and like I said, I think her two novice performances against Geldings went under the radar. I don't think she'll beat Imperia Pass it, but um, you know, I'd hopefully I can uh, keep the partnership come March. I will see you there. Best of luck this weekend and best of luck for the rest of the season. Hopefully we'll ch- chat to you before Cheltenham. Great. Thanks so much, Ed. You're calling out prices. Bookmakers' prices on this channel, right? You couldn't have two bananas to a banana with the bookmakers. You couldn't have two bananas to a banana with the bookmakers. You are talking absolute rubbish. The clowns and you that are on there, that's why I wouldn't want You are one of these takeout merchants. Take out all you can. You couldn't have two bananas to a banana with the bookmakers. Right, the show's over, boys. Thank you very much. Delighted to say we are joined by the general manager of Ferry House Racecourse, Peter Rowe, for our annual Ferry House Final Furlong Podcast special. Peter, welcome back. Yeah, no, it's great to have it. You know, as I said, this card really excites us, particularly Sunday. Like Sunday last year, we had six individual Cheltenham Festival winners. And on the and the previous day, of course, we had Casal uh, Vega, Goodland and some other top horses. I am Maximus around the beginner's chase. You know, and over the two days, there was 15 individual grade one horses ran over the two days who won great ones last year so it's a day that year on year you know produced the goods and this year very exciting looking card as well for the two days but particularly Sunday It's a cracking weekend shaping up just spoke to Patrick Mullins about the big guns they've got a couple of other interesting ones that may very well take their chances over the weekend we'll see how that uh, pans out Ballyburn would be a, a blindingly obvious one that will leap out but just going through the entries there's been a lot of talk about the superpowers of trainers in Britain and Ireland and obviously in Ireland it's all about Willie Mullins Gordon Elliott and Henry de Bromhead but Gavin Cromwell keeps on on continuing to improve his stock year in, year out. And John McConnell is making waves as well, although he's been having a bit of a difficult time with his stable form recently. 24 entries for Willie, 49 for Gordon. So when Patrick was saying this might be Gordon's weekend, he wasn't kidding. Yeah, but you know, as I said, like Gavin, as I said, unlucky with my mate Mozzie a couple of years ago, and he's, let's be clear about it, very impressive winner in Cork. And I think in the Drinmore, you know, a, a great local success. But, you know, as I said, there's no doubt Gordon, Willie, they'll all make their mark on the weekend. That's the great certainty. But, you know, it'll be it'll be a good spread, I, I would hope. But, you know, as you said, Gavin's, let's be clear about it, will be certainly one that'll have a lot of local supporters. Yeah, very much so. And George Gorman was raving about that horse after both of his starts, the Goran Park, 
Christmas chase where he was very good, but that performance in Cork, that was a really eye-catching performance that day. Uh, absolutely, you know, and you know, you, you take about the race last year, Gallardell and me ran, ran it having been second in the Irish Grand National, then was second in the Drinmar last year to Mighty Potter. This year we've the Irish Grand National winner, I am Maximus having his, his last run as, as a novice. Look, they'll have plenty more targets later on in the season. And of course, the great 10-year-old Sharjah, who's already a sixth grade one winner. So it's going to be a fascinating contest. And, you know, Gordon's three, American Mike, Faber, Deschamps, and found a 50 was very impressive in Down Oil. You know, any of those three could be very impressive. Maybe it might become a bit quick for uh, uh, to Chambo and American Mike, but you know, found a 50 looks like he'll, he'll certainly for uh, Team Morn and and. Team Elliot, I think it'll be it'll be that'll be a cracking contest, the Drinmore. I've hung my hat on this founder fifty from from last season. Dennis O'Regan was raving about him after that run behind Corbett's Cross, and I, I just write off punches down an entry. I don't think that they clearly he wasn't yeah, at his best like those it, days. He was very impressive when he won his uh, maiden hurdle back here in January, and, and you know the Morns. We'd all love him to get a, a Grade One success in, in in County Meath. It'd be a very special for them. We've Meath JA here on Sunday with a thousand of them, and of course, Spective uh, stood sponsor Meath JA. So look, it it'll be a great uh, capping on the day, you know. And and that's w- 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 one of three Grade Ones, and of course, the first Grade One is the Royal Bond Novice Hurdle on Tober. He was very impressive when he won here. Uh, recently for, for Henry de Bromhead and Rachel uh, Blackmore. You know, Slade Street from, from Henry de Bromheads as well. You know, this is going to be another very interesting contest. Yeah, three great ones over the weekend, which is obviously some stellar stuff. That highlight, though, being the Hatton's Grace. Tiapu, last year's winner, may very well be back. There's a possibility that Irish Point might join him. I think most people would think those two would be kept apart. And of course, Patrick just talking to us about Imperia Pass, who's one of the most exciting prospects for hurdling this season. What's your overall impression of the feature race of the weekend? Look, I think it'll be great. Honeysuckle lost her and beaten run thanks to uh, Tipu last year. Uh, again, a great uh, success for Brian Atchison. Well-deserved and know his horses are absolutely flying at the moment. And great to see Gordon. Uh, he also is Zetana here in as well as Irish Point, who, who's very impressive on his last one. But Imperia Pass got in Cheltenham. Very, very impressive. He's done And Punchestown has done everything right. And of course, we have the grade one winning mayor, Astro Diamond, uh, for Willie Mullins and the Blue Blood Racing Center. Another great story, uh, should she should she come up on top but you know it'll be a cracking but you know it's all about last year's win at Tihupu and the very impressive much improving Imperi Pass The last time we saw Ashro Diamond she was in Fairy House winning the now named That's- Honeysuckle Mare's Novice Hurdle yeah. Patrick was raving about her as well and rightly so and the more I look at the anti-post betting for Cheltenham I like Lossiemouth a winner on this card uh, a year ago. That's when she introduced herself to UK and Irish fans. I think Ashro Diamond yeah, is, yeah. is the clear mare's hurdle horse. As much as I really like Lassima, surely Ashro Diamond is, is better suited at, at this stage of their careers anyway. Well, look, she, she's, she's a tough heart and mare's improved. Like she won, of course, to Salarina. And again, she, she, she missed Cheltenham, you know, because of a... a, a a slight nick there, but like came back to it to win with us, and it was a great success. And you know that's what the syndicates and whatever for the Willie Mullins team, and it was great to see it. You know, yeah, very much so. What's the the latest with the going? The weather is getting much colder here in Ireland. I've clearly become a real softy, Peter. The heater's on in every single room in the house, and I'm having to walk around the house in a jacket as well. So I, I've become a terrible yeah. softy. But uh, for, for the latest going, I see it's soft ground. But what's the forecast yeah, looking like? I don't see it changing. 
a whole lot. I think it's mainly dry. Look, it'll be cold at night, not very cold. Might go to minus one, minus two. Particularly Saturday talking might only get up to about two degrees. Look, at this stage, I have no major concerns. Uh, it'll be a cold, crisp day Saturday and Sunday, but cold, crisp and dry. Just what jump racing want. And this is a, the kind of race that will warm the heart. Look, you see that beginner's chase start uh, on Saturday, the Jim Ryan race course service. Chase Manila Crooner, Nick Lockett, three card brag, Corbett's Cross is going to be a cracker, followed by the Great Ladies Handicap Chase. And then, then there's the, the easy fix over two miles. Then with the Willow Warm, and then we've a very exciting maiden hurdle. Again, 63 horses were entered in it. Hell Victory, wouldn't that be an interesting one from the Noel Mead stable? Firefox mm. there from Go- Ballyburn and Mesler West from Willie Mullins is very impressive last year, and it'd be cracking to see him go as well, you know. Yeah, there's some very, very exciting hype names right now. Some of these horses very much deserve those, those hype names as well, by the way. Yeah, Firefox, a three-time bumper winner, has done nothing wrong. I said Ballyburn won the top horse last year, and Mizar West, Helvig Dream, you know, one of the best horses to come off the flat in, in recent times for, for Noel Mead. Another very, you know, competitive, you know, and exciting. This time of the year is get gets the bl- the blood boiling. You know, I am Maximus was second in the beginner's chase on this card 12 months ago. And then, of course, we know what he went on to achieve with his um, Boyle Sports Irish Grand National success. But look, it, it really is the two of the best days, eight races each day. Look, we start early 11.45 on Saturday, uh, 11.50 on Sunday. But, you know, it is days to get the, the heart beating. And I, I keep going back to the fact that last year, over the two days, there was 13 individual grade one horses subsequent ran on the on the uh, over the two days and six Cheltenham Festival winners ran on the Sunday. Like there's not no other card had that last year. So, you know, if there's anywhere you want to go to see the best of racing, we've had the last couple of weeks ends have been building it up. But this is definitely the pinnacle of the jumps racing in the first half of the year in Ireland. Yeah, and we're always trying to find those Cheltenham pointers as well, which tracks produce the most winners. And Ferry House was very much the place to be looking at in terms of form last year. Just with a, a view to the structure of the weekend, the Saturday is very much about the future. Lots of very exciting horses that have got big reputations in their stables, and they're going to be ones going forward. And the Sunday, very much about the horses of here and now, the stars of today. Yeah, yeah. And as you said, stars as well going forward, you know. Like I said, Lassie Mouth announced her arrival in, in, in the juvenile hurdle this year. A couple of interesting horses in that. Henry de Bram had his Nara running in it as well. Uh, Gordon Elliott's Wood Who, who's been doing everything very right. Uh, Willie Mullins, Batman. Syrac, mm. you know, that's very much. And of course, I find it may, you know, in consecutive races, we have the two mile for three year olds, and the following race is the Porterstown, the only other race we stage over the Grand National trip of three mile, five and a half furlongs. So, literally, there's a bit of everything. And of course, we finished with one of the most informative bumpers of the year. It's the uh, four year old bumper won last year by Better Days Ahead. Previous winners include Champagne Fever. You know, and it will be, you know, definitely worth following. So don't be rushing out the door after seven races because I tell you, you'll want to see the bumper. No, I stayed for that last year and was very, very pleased I did with Better Days Ahead, who I remain convinced is the better of the two of those horses. There was the Willie Mullins horse, whose name suddenly escapes me, who went very wayward that day. It was a nightmare for Patrick, but uh, I'd be very much... Uh, you know, and, and Better Days Ahead was very impressive when he won his three-year-old maiden here only last week. Yeah. Did everything 
very right for for Jack and you know that's what you want like this time of the year when we see all these horses out you know it really is it's a pleasure to be here and to be able to see them run and you know like Gordon Willie Henry Gavin you know it's great to see them all with horses here this week and of course Paul Ginnigan's buddy one wouldn't that be a great story if it was to win the Hatton's Grace he's a horse that's going improving all year all year and you know that would be some story for the Gilligan family. He has a chance too. I mean, he's going to have to do it against Impere Pass, but he's got a chance. Yeah, he has. Look, he's, he's rated 18 pounds uh, in, inferior to him at the moment, but he is he's on a very much on an upward curve. He's had a run recently. He has raised fitness over his, his opponents. So, you know, that could be very much in his favour. And look, it should be, it should be a great story. And then, then these cards tend these great stories and uh, you know it's something we're very much looking forward to but you know it's a weekend look it's a weekend for Lily for wrapping up it could be dry but as I said it's it, it, there's eight races both days but particularly on Sunday that will uh, wet the afternoon we're just so fortunate to have Barney O'Hare and Bar One Racing and their continued support to this card they're sponsoring here for the last 18 years and they are great supporters of Ferry House and Irish Racing they the 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 Troy Town meeting only two weeks ago, and then they sponsored the Hillyway next week in Cork. So they're great sport supports of Irish racing. We're lucky to have them, and we're particularly lucky at Ferias where the Bar One brand started off all those years ago and to become what it is now today. And to be fair to them, they'll lay a bet too. So we like them on the Final Front podcast as well, to be fair. They're a class act, but they're a great exactly. supporter, a great supporter of, of Irish racing, a great supporter of racing in general too, to be fair. Yeah. And just again, we're delighted of Willow Warm sponsoring again, as I said, the Ireland's uh, carbon neutral briquette, Maiden County Mead. And they're p- providing in this cold weather, every winning trainer's yard will receive a pallet of Willow Warm briquettes to the yard for every race on Saturday so I'd like to thank Willow Warm for their support of that I think that's it as I said something that will be much appreciated in this cold weather I was saying I've become such a softie I'll be wearing a heated jacket on Saturday when I'm there <laughs> with Katie and, and George Gorman but I'm looking forward to it I'll be getting the, the piss yeah. taken out of me for, for what I'm wearing but I'll be the one who's toasty warm while everybody else is frozen solid how many years well, was Honeysuckle strutting her stuff there four, four this- consecutive four consecutive cons- so it's the first time in five years we have in the great mayor here that's amazing. And she will be missed, you know. Yeah, very much so. There was a great crowd last year and you really went out of your way. You kind of adopted some of the York race course uh, marketing strategy in terms of uh, pinning everything about Honeysuckle and it didn't quite happen for her in the race, but she ran a, a brave race and of course went on to Cheltenham Festival Glory afterwards. But there was a great crowd for her farewell and I've no doubt there's going to be a big crowd this weekend as well. Any indication as to what the numbers will be like? No, no, no. hospitality is sold out for the two days. Very busy with me, Jay. As I said, they have a thousand people here on Sunday. A couple of big fundraisers on Saturday and you know it, it's it, it's it's jam-packed there's plenty of general admissions and and uh, bumper bundled packages which is admission race card and a pint and a burger they're still available online for a limited time but no it's very busy and it's exciting look it's we'll see all these stars and I'm telling you it really would uh, warm yourself internally if you're not physically warm outside. Yeah, very much so. And yourself and Louise have both uh, teamed up with us to give five weekend passes away. So we've got five pairs of weekend tickets to give away to Lucky Final Forlum Podcast listeners. Details how you can win coming up. But if you don't win, if you're not lucky enough to win those tickets, you're still lucky enough to get great value for the weekend. You can book your tickets now at fairyhouse.ie forward slash winter dash festival. Fairyhouse.ie forward slash winter dash festival. It's going to be a stellar weekend. 
weekend. Really looking forward to it, Peter, and uh, looking forward to seeing you there on the Saturday. Emmett, Emmett as ever, and as I said, look forward to your, your podcast and keep the winners flowing and hopefully plenty of gravy this weekend. Come on, Peter! Oh, that's the shot! And after that spectacular final Furlong podcast one-liner from Peter Rowe... We are done. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. Just time to tell you about our competition. There are five chances for you to win a pair of weekend passes for the Fairy House Winter Festival. You and a friend attending Saturday and Sunday, the 2nd and 3rd of December this weekend, where you'll get to see two days of thrilling jumps racing action and three grade ones. How do you win? Super easy. Barely an inconvenience. All you have to do is like, share, and follow us on social media, the specific social media posts promoting this very episode. So if you go to X, as Elon wants us to call it, formerly known as Twitter, there should be a graphic that Trish has made of Patrick Mullins and myself. Retweet and like that and make sure you're following us on Twitter, either me at Radio Emmet or at Final Furlong Pod, because if Trish clicks on your name and she doesn't see follows you, she will discard your entry. She might even block you. Because Trish is a bit of a badass. I mean, sorry, Trish is super nice and would never, she would never do such a thing. She's um, she's lovely and I don't fear for my life at all right now. What's that? You're concerned for my personal safety, but you're not on Twitter? Don't worry about it. That's okay. You can also enter on Facebook. Likes, shares, and follows on Facebook in the very same way. Or you're not on Facebook? Have no fear. How about Instagram? We'll extend it to there as well. Or you're just not on social media at all. Just email us a screenshot of you subscribed to the Final Forum podcast on the very podcast app you're listening to this show on right now. Email me, radioemmet, E-M-M-E-T, at gmail.com. Radioemmet, E-M-M-E-T, at gmail.com. It's going to be stellar racing. Five chances for you to win. You and a friend on both days, Saturday the 2nd and Sunday the 3rd of December for the Fairy House Winter Festival. Likes, shares, and follows on social media. Yes, we are trying to buy your affection. And that's the thing. See, if I picked the winner, I would pick you. Yes, you. Because I know what a loyal listener to this show you are. And I didn't want to say anything in front of the others, but... You're my favorite listener, which is why I'm not allowed to pick the winners because I would show bias and then Trish would be in the background saying, you can't do that, Emmett, that's not fair. That's what they did on Blue Peter. It was a whole thing. It's unethical. And that was a horrible impression of Trish and she really didn't appreciate it. So Trish will pick the winners and we'll be in touch with you on Thursday. Louise O'Regan, yes, that Louise O'Regan, she's a rock star. Uh, Louise will be in touch with the winners as well from Fairy House Racecourse. Right, that is it. Thank you very much for listening. Really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you enjoyed it half as much as I enjoyed recording it, then we've done okay. We've got Gavin Lynch on the next episode of the show. Really intrigued to get his thoughts on the anti-post markets and what he thinks of the big championship races with a view to the Cheltenham Festival. And very much looking forward to hearing what Katie and George will have to say about the Fairy House Winter Festival on Monday. Really enjoying their contributions to the show so far. There's been some fantastic content in there. And if you missed our most recent episode, it is available for you underneath this episode on your podcast app feed. Thanks again for listening. Look after yourself and each other. God bless.